Hi there, Rachel here. If you're listening to this episode in May of 2024, I have some big news. After selling out during the holiday season, my Flex of Gold journal is available for pre-order right now and will be shipping to your home by the end of June. To celebrate, we're running an amazing pre-order sale for Mother's Day. Purchase the journal before May 13th and you'll get $10 off every journal. This is our best price of the year, even better than Black Friday, so it's the perfect time to stock up for gifts for family and friends. This three-year journal helps mothers to notice, savor, and write down the fleeting golden moments that they experience with their children each day. So go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to reserve your copy, and you'll also see our brand new cover colors, as well as our new cover option, which is a wipeable vegan leather. So again, go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to pre-order your journal, and from now until Mother's Day 2024, they'll be marked down by $10 each. I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 176, How to Find and Listen to Your Intuition. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Once there was a boy who lived by the sea. The sea was old and wise. The boy liked to listen to its whispers. From time to time, the sea was dark and dangerous. So was the boy. Other times, the sea was tranquil and tender. So was the boy. But once in a while... The sea felt the pull of something more, and the boy did too. These beautiful words are the beginning of an exquisite new children's book that's coming out next month, The Boy in the Sea, written by Camille Andros. Camille has become a personal friend of mine, and so I got to read the book when it was still in PDF form, and it honestly brought tears to my eyes. The illustrations by Amy June Bates are magical, and the message of slowing down and listening to the whisperings inside of your soul is so powerful. Camille is a mother of six who lives in North Carolina. The Boy in the Sea is her fifth published children's book, and I am so excited to talk with her a little bit about her process of writing this book and what it has taught her about herself and how that has radiated out into her motherhood. Before we begin, I have to tell you a bit about my personal journey with listening to the whisperings and tuggings of my heart, and it has to do with this podcast. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you may know that I felt the pull to start 3 and 30 for about two years before I finally did it. At the time, I was an overwhelmed stay-at-home mom of really young children, and even though I consistently felt the urge to share my voice through podcasting, I kept pushing that down, telling myself, it's not the right time, I'm too busy, my kids are too little, or no one will listen to you, everyday moms don't do something like that. You know that discouragement and disappointment in yourself that you feel when you ignore your intuition and keep putting off something that you really want to do? It starts to gnaw at you from the inside, and after years of trying to ignore the promptings that were urging me to go forward with this podcasting dream, I finally couldn't take it anymore. (laughs) I decided that I had to go for it, and I started this show, and I don't think I have to tell you how unbelievably grateful I am that I did. Podcasting has helped me to get to know myself better, to get to know my kids better, and to trust my intuition and my instincts more. It was truly one of the very best decisions I have ever made in my life. 
If you are a mom who has felt the call to start a podcast, but you don't know where you'd even begin, I want to remind you that I have online courses to help busy moms like you start and grow podcasts. Did you know that? I don't talk about it on here often enough, and so I wanted to make sure that you know about it. I teamed up with my dear friend, Monica Packer, the host of the podcast About Progress, to create Podcast You, an online school for busy moms who want to start and grow impactful podcasts. Monica and I decided to start this because... That's what we were when we started our shows. We were stay-at-home moms, busy moms, no marketing or business background. And so we want to teach you how to do the same. We have had over 100 women go through our courses, and it's absolutely thrilling to see these busy moms building podcasts that are making a difference in the world. Right now, we have two online courses, Podcasting 101, How to Start a Podcast, and Podcasting 201, How to Grow a Podcast. And we are working diligently on our third course, Podcasting 301, How to Monetize a Podcast, which should be released in the next month or so. So wherever you are on your podcasting journey, we know we can help you, and we want you to stop ignoring that little tug in your heart and go for it. You can learn more about our courses at 3in30podcast.com slash podcast you. That's the letter U as in university. And I will link that in the show notes. That's 3in30podcast.com slash podcast you. And now onto the show. This is how to find and listen to your intuition with Camille Andros. Camille, welcome to 3in30. I'm so excited to have you here today. Hi, Rachel. Thanks so much for having me. The pleasure is all mine. I have loved your children's books for years. You're so talented. And as I mentioned in that introduction, when I read The Boy in the Sea for the first time, it honestly brought tears to my eyes. And I just felt the message deeply in my soul of this book. And so I'm so honored that we get to talk about it today. And I wanted to just start with you telling us a little bit about where the idea came from for The Boy in the Sea. Sure. Well, thank you. First of all, that is so nice of you to say. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. Um, the idea came really organic, actually, much more organically than most of my books have come to me. It's a lot of hard work to write a picture book, a little bit deceptively, I think. Most people probably think it's easy. <laughs> and maybe for some people it is. That's awesome if it is for you. Way to go. <laughs> for me, it's not. It's it's hard work. And I had this two book contract that I needed to fulfill the second book for. And it had kind of been weighing on me a lot. I had submitted a lot of different manuscripts that they'd said no to. And I was worried about it. I'm like, well, what if I just don't have anything good left? <laughs> Like, yeah. What if I did it already and had that kind of on my mind and our family went to the beach. I live in North Carolina. And so we live pretty close to the beach. We're in central North Carolina, but we can get to the beach in a couple hours. And so we do that often and I love it. Uh, I feel a really peaceful, great energy near the water and so it was on this beach trip when I was just taking some time to be by myself and to think and be quiet by the water. And the story came to me. So mm. in the dedication to the book, I say it's to the sea for whispering the story to me or who mm. whispered the story to me. And that's really what happened. It just flowed pretty effortlessly. Yeah. So. Oh, that's beautiful. And I know... 
that this is something that so many of us want to teach our kids to be still and listen. Because the sea is really a metaphor, right? You explained to me yes. uh, that voice within you that is kind of guiding you along. And I know we want to teach our children that, but some of us don't even know how to access it for ourselves. Right. Well, and it wasn't until I was well into my mothering that I found out how to do it, first of all, and then how beneficial it was to me personally. Um, I have six kids, and so it's a wild circus most of the time, you know, yeah. <laughs> and finding time to be quiet and to listen has taken practice and definitely a lot of intention to carve out that time to do that. All of my books are about me, really. It, in its essence, Stephen King talks about how most authors have three or four themes that they write about over and over and over again. And I found that definitely to be true for me. And as I've looked at my books, and I've had to have people point this out to me, actually, that I think I'm writing about one thing like my husband's big, crazy family. And then someone pointed it out. They're like, actually, no, Charlotte, the scientist, that's about you finding your own space and needing your own space. I'm like, oh, yeah, it totally is. Mm. So <laughs> as this is definitely the case with The Boy in the Sea. In fact, it was The Girl in the Sea first. And then my editor wanted me to change it to The Boy in the Sea because I already have The Dress and the Girl. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so we did that. That's so interesting to like get that behind the scenes peak because you told me that you know yeah. it was originally the girl in the sea and I'm like oh wow they completely changed the character and the story still works but um yeah. sort of the behind the scenes of the publishing industry yeah I think it works because it's a universal truth right it's something that is kind of at the core and root of our beings and so it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl or whatever it's yeah. it's you and it yes. and it's a, a truth that speaks yeah. to your spirit so yeah. Well, so many mothers, I think, feel like they really lose the ability to hear their own intuition. You mentioned motherhood is noisy and there's so many demands and needs from us that sometimes we don't even know what we want or who we are anymore. And this book talks about learning to listen. And so we're going to go through three takeaways today for how to sort of find, learn to listen to, strengthen our inner voice, our intuition. I know you've had that experience over your years as a mother, and I'm so excited to learn from you. So why don't we just start in with your first takeaway? Sure. Thank you. So I think that we can learn these universal truths through picture books all the time. If we feel like our kids are too old or we're too old for picture books. That's really to our detriment. You can find these truthful patterns everywhere. And that's really what my three takeaways is, is the pattern that's in the book, The Boy in the Sea, that I wrote about me learning to do this. Mm. So the first one, and the thing that I want my kids to leave my house knowing, but if I want them to know that, then I need to know that first, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that first one is how to find, listen, and trust that voice. So you need to like be able to tune that radio frequency to where you're getting that input where you're feeling like you're connecting. And to do that, you have to carve out time. It can be like when you're showering, if that's the only time you're ever alone, <laughs> then use the shower. Or it can be in meditation if you like to meditate. Or even when you're driving in the car, I mean, obviously don't close your eyes or anything, but you can focus inward to listen. Mm -hmm. 
And one way that I really like to kind of tune that dial to tune into that voice is to make a mental gratitude list. It can be mental or you can actually write it down. And this is a great thing to use your Flex of Gold journal for. I'm mm -hmm. using it for that every day, actually. Oh, and thank you. you can write down just a few different things that you're grateful for. And that really helps me tune in and tap into that feeling of connection that I'm trying to listen to. Yeah. When you mentioned that carve out time and it can be in the shower, it can be while you're driving in your car. I do think that it's really useful to not just think, oh, I'll fit it in at some point today, but to actually have like a designated time or place that you know, like every time I take a shower, these are the things like that. When I turn on the water, that will be the trigger for me to start this yeah. gratitude practice or whatever it is that I have. Or I had a guest on my show, BJ Fogg. He's a behavioral researcher at Stanford. And he talked about having an ABC anchor behavior yes. celebrate. Yes. I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but he's awesome. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you really get those good habits. Yes. And I mentioned in that interview with him that my anchor is as soon as I walk in the door from dropping my kids at school, which hallelujah, my kids are back in school now. Oh, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. I know. It's amazing. They just barely went back and it's like, I, I feel like having that alone time has made me like come back home to myself. I drop them at school. I walk in the door and I know that is my time that I've carved out. It's my 15 minutes where I take my vitamins. I drink a glass of water. I sit and I read something spiritual and I do a little journaling and then I go on with my day and my day is busy and packed, but I have that carved out time where I can listen. And I didn't really have that during the pandemic when my kids yeah. weren't in school. I, I should have found a different time and I never did. I mean, it was almost a year that I never really found a different spot where it fit and my soul was missing it and lacking that. So, for, oh, so much. whatever your phase yeah. of life, like carve out a specific time when you'll do this. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. So once you've done that and you're having that time, you can do this, all three steps that we're going to talk about during that time. But that mm. first one is write down your gratitude list, right? If you're really wanting to fine tune that connection and hone in on it, then once you've done that, I like to ask a question. And one that I often ask is, what do I need to know right now? Mm. And then I just empty my mind and then notice what comes, what thoughts come to me. Lots of times it's just a word or a phrase. It's not like a big long paragraph or anything because obviously there's so much we don't know, right? But as I'm tuning into that, that higher power or that inner voice, whatever you want to call that, whatever it is for you, I ask myself, what do I need to know right now? A lot of the times it'll be you are loved or you are enough or a story idea will come to mind or I'll see a visual image of how to fix something that I need to know. And mm -hmm. so it's noticing that and asking the question and then you can write that down if you want, if you think you'll forget. I think writing it down is really helpful. I often will just text myself those things, those impressions that I get and then do it. <laughs> if yeah. it's an action, um, if it's a story idea, I like to write that out. Um, if it's a question that, or if it's even just you are loved, 
that means that I probably needed to hear that for a certain reason. Mm -hmm. And I want to work on believing that. What can I do that will help me believe that? You can repeat affirmations, you know, that will help you feel that you are loved and that you are worthy just the way you are and you are enough. One thing I like to imagine is the ideal version of me, <laughs> that person that I maybe aspire to be like that best version of myself, like on my best day or in my imagination, what those characteristics of me would be. And I'll put that like if it's bright, brilliant and creative, we'll just say three things that I would love to be known as all three of those things, right? Mm -hmm. And my best version of me is those things. So I can put on a timer on my phone to go off like maybe two or three times throughout the day, just a mm -hmm. little alarm that goes off. And it just says, you are bright, brilliant, and creative. Mm -hmm. And that's like little messages that you're sending yourself that are going to be reinforcing that you are loved, that you are enough. Yeah. You know, what's really powerful with affirmations is the phrase, I am. This is, yes. you know, I am these things. And I first heard this on the Brooke Snow podcast. She teaches a yeah. lot about how I am is one of the names for God in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so when you say I am these things, you are really saying he is those things and you're channeling that into yourself. Like, because I am divine, because I am accessing this higher power, I am these things because he is or through him. And I think that that's so powerful if we're trying to reconstruct our belief in ourselves, or we're really trying to believe in that divine within us. If we're struggling with self-confidence to tap into that, if we, if we believe in God, then to tap into that power as our own by saying, I am these things. Yes. Yeah. I've actually have a three book proposal of I am affirmations for children that is on submission right now. Ooh. So <laughs> we'll send out all the good vibes for that because yes. I, I didn't have a tool like that as a mother raising my kids that reinforce that. I mean, we do affirmations and we talk about that and how powerful it is to voice that, but to have a book that they could sit down and read even to themselves, or we could all say together, you know, to have those are the words that are going through their mind as they head off to school or, you know, start their day or before they go to sleep. I think it's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So the three-step pattern is really our three takeaways. The find and trust your voice by tuning into it, by carving out that space. Then the second takeaway is ask the question, what do I need to know right now? Yeah. Or any question or any question. It doesn't have to be that one. Um, if there's a question you have that is at the top of your mind, ask that, you know? Yeah. So, and I love that you've pointed out that first you have to create the stillness. You have to create the space to even hear the answer. Yeah. So often in our busy lives as moms, we have so many questions. We have so much stuff buzzing, but we aren't in a place where we can receive the answers to those questions because we haven't carved it out as a busy mom. I mean, you have six kids. What, what's the range of your kids ages? Uh, my oldest daughter is 20. 
Mm-hmm. And my youngest is eight. She'll be nine next week. Okay. So I have two girls in college and one in high school, two in middle school and one in elementary school. Yeah. So you're busy now and you've had really busy phases now for 20 years. I mean, yeah. How, how do you, <laughs> how, yeah. how do you carve? What's your time? Do you have a set time when you do this now? Is it different from when your kids were younger? Just can you give us a little peek into how this has evolved for you throughout your motherhood? Yeah. And it, it is, that's the thing to remember is it's so fluid and it is always evolving because, you know, when you're up in the middle of the night nursing a baby or with a sick child, it can be a lot harder to tap into that, I think. But mm-hmm. also, well, I take that back. It can be harder, but I also feel like any little effort that is even any intention, any thought that you put towards that, I feel like is rewarded like 10, a hundredfold, you know, because I think we are pouring so much of our love and our energy and the best of ourselves into our children that the universe, God, whatever you believe recognizes that and, and gives that back to you, you know, realizes you might not have a lot to give a lot of time. And so sometimes, like I said, in the shower right now, I have a couple different times of the day that I like to do it. Uh, right when I wake up in the morning, I just lay in bed. Another visualization I like to do along with the gratitude thing is where you just visualize being with God or your heavenly parents or your higher power, what that would feel like if it's just sitting in front of a warm fire and how warm and safe and just wonderful that would feel. And I kind of think of it as like a a battery charger. Like that's how I recharge myself is sitting myself in front of that warm fire and basking in that energy. Mm-hmm. And and tapping into that and using that is a, a recharge, kind of like if there was, if, if I was a vase and there was just this gold light pouring into the top of me and just filling me up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another visual I like that's to use. Beautiful. So you do that first thing in the morning? First thing in the morning. I like to do that. I'm like you, my kids just went to school. They just go Mondays and Tuesdays right now. Mm -hmm. So they're home the rest of the week and the rest of the time. So those alone times are few and far between, but right in the morning, right before bed, in the Mm -hmm. shower, after I exercise, I do a short meditation where I just, after I've done a run, I love to run. I find that really meditative Mm -hmm. and soothing and a way to connect also to be able to listen. Um, But I'll stretch out and then I'll just sit quietly and feel that visualization again by the fire or the empty vase filling up. So I get those recharge moments. They're not long, just a minute or two, really. I don't Mm -hmm. have attention span that's really great. And so, you know, just a minute or two. And there's been studies that even just a minute of meditation can change the way your mind works for the better. Wow. That's really powerful. And so, and then the third takeaway is to take action on whatever insight you get when you ask your question, when you have the quiet time and you ask your question, right. take action on it, whether that be writing down the affirmation, putting it, like you said, as a reminder in your phone, 
to buzz you throughout the day. Because the more you follow through on your intuition, the stronger your intuition gets and the easier it is to recognize it, yeah. right? Has that been your I experience? I think so. Yeah, that's been my experience. And I want to add here that it's never too late. If you get like a big audacious, you know, whispering, don't be afraid of that. I mean, mm. I got that whisper to <laughs> follow that love of picture books. You know, it's something I've always loved. I've always wanted to do. I wanted to be Joe March from Little Women. Mm. And I would pretend I was her. Like when I was little, I would play make-believe that I was an author and I would do that. But I thought I'd, I have no idea how to do that. I didn't even go to school for that. I, you know, it was a health science major <laughs> and don't be afraid of it. And it's not too late. It's never too late. I didn't start this until after my youngest child, after six kids, was sleeping through the night. Hmm. And then during her nap times and when my other kids were at school, I would research what it would take to you know, get a book published. I followed wow. people who were doing that, that were in a similar life situation that I was in, you know, Ali Condi and Shannon Hale, that they were moms, Stephanie Meyer, you know, they were taking kids to swimming lessons and doing the preschool run. And, but they were also writing these amazing books that I love to read. And mm. so seeing other people that are doing the thing that you want to do is a great way to follow in that dream. If that's something you want to do, it's, it's never too late. You can do it. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Because I do think so often so many of us think that that's for younger people to figure mm -hmm. out or people before they have children or whatever stage of life we deem the right one to pursue right. a dream or a goal. And it's so powerful to hear of examples of women who have done amazing things in all phases of life. I think I was so surprised when I found out that Julia Child never really started cooking until she was like, was it 40 or was it 50 that she started? Yeah, it was much later in life. Yes. Right? And I uh -huh. was like, holy cow. And she became Julia Child, you know? And right. one thing that I love from this book is you have a repeating line in there about the sea felt the pull of something more and the boy did too. And we've all, if we've been to the sea, we've witnessed that, you know, the pulling of the tide coming in and out. And I think what you're speaking to here that's really important is that we don't ignore the pulling that we feel in our own soul. When yeah. we feel called to something, when we feel pulled to something, that's important and we should follow that and not think, oh, it's too late or who am I or that's stupid or whatever it is, but to mm -hmm. listen and to heed the pullings that you feel, to follow your desires and believe that there's a reason why you feel those things. Yes. And to not feel guilty in following that because that as I have pursued that dream, I have traveled quite a bit, not this year, but <laughs> <laughs> I used to, to travel. I would travel before I was published to go to conferences, to learn the things I needed to learn so that I could do the things I needed to do to be published. And at first I felt guilty about that, that I would be leaving and, or getting babysitters or things like that. But as you grow into that person that you know, your higher power, your intuition is leading you to be, your kids see that and they mm -hmm. see the, the groundedness that you have, the confidence that you get from following that. And then they think, oh, I can do that too. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. that's, that's where it's really powerful, I think, is 
if they see you wishing that you were doing something, but then not doing it, you don't want to teach them that. Like if you think, would I want this for my child? Yeah, I would want them to follow their dreams. I would want them to do those things that they feel called to do a hundred percent. Right. So of course you want to model that behavior. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm totally putting you on the spot here, but um, <laughs> can you think of an example? I mean, from your various children, you have a lot of them um, <laughs> of a time when they followed their intuition and it led them to joy or that when you really gave them permission to follow their intuition for something that maybe seemed a little out there or different than what you would have expected. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I could talk. We could have a whole other podcast on that, Rachel. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> but um, I'll, I'll use my college girls as examples. Um, since they've had a little more life experience than my younger kids, one of my daughters, she loves to dance, but she came to that love a little bit later. Uh, she didn't start dance until she was in high school. Hmm. And um, she went to a performance that the high school had put on and or, oh, it was Nutcracker. And I remember because we worked on this on her essay, her college essay. We went to the San Francisco Ballet, the Nutcracker, and she knew then that she wanted to do that. Mm. But she was 14 and she hadn't taken dance before. Yeah. But she did not let that stop her. And so she enrolled in a ballet class with eight-year-olds as a 14-year-old and started from the very beginning and worked her way up. She would do, she was a gymnast previously. So she had a lot of strength and flexibility and that definitely worked to her benefit. But That was something that she easily could have just ignored, Um, Mm. but she was able to make the high school dance team. That was something she really worked for. And she didn't make it the first two years she tried out, you know, Mm. because she, she had to keep working, but then she finally did her senior year. And that really taught her a lot about finding a goal. It's not too late and working towards it. Mm. Um, My oldest daughter, she is a biology major and she's a sophomore this year. And, but as a freshman, she was able to get in the research lab with one of the best biology professors at her university and began this project that she felt completely unqualified for and, you know, didn't know how to do, but she has gotten a research grant to do that project. She even said to me, she wrote me a letter that said, because I saw you doing what you wanted to do and following your dream, it told me I could do that too. It gave me permission to do that. And I know that I can do whatever I want to do because I saw you doing that. Mm. And, you know, as we come full circle on this interview, When I began motherhood, the biggest thing I wanted my kids to know how to do when they left home was to be able to recognize that voice and hear what it said to them and then be able to follow it. And if they know how to do that when they leave home, then they'll be able to do anything, Mm, you know, anything else they'll be able to figure out. But it's learning to recognize that voice, trust it, hear it and follow it. Hmm. Well, that's a total mom payoff to get a letter like that. That's what you say forever. Yeah, for sure. This has been such a beautiful conversation. 
that I hope will encourage all the moms listening to follow whatever longing that is that you have, even if it's just something that seems just small to you. It's never going to turn into a professional career or anything. That's okay. Just follow it. And you can follow this three-step process to find more clarity around that and more belief in who you really are. So Camille, thank you so much for your time today and giving us so much beautiful wisdom to come back to. I'm so excited for listeners to get your book. Tell them where they can get that or where they can learn more from you. Oh, thanks, Rachel. It's been so much fun talking with you. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, You can order uh, my books wherever you buy your books. And uh, my website is a great jumping off point. It's CamilleAndros.com. And you can find more about me and all my books there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on 3 and 30. Thank you so much for having me. I'm grateful to my beautiful friend Camille for that conversation about how to listen to the whisperings of our intuition and follow the pull of the tides that are tugging at our hearts and guiding us towards a deeper understanding of ourselves. In her three takeaways, Camille summed up a daily practice that we can do to strengthen our connection to our inner voice and to God. Those steps were, first, find and trust that voice. Carve out time every day to be still and listen. Try to make this time consistent, whether that's in the shower, first thing in the morning, after your baby goes down for a nap, or at the beginning of your lunch break at work. Make it a consistent routine to be still, to make a quick gratitude list to get you tuned in, or to visualize being filled up and warmed by divine love. Second, once you've tapped into that inner voice, ask a question. The question that Camille often asks is, what do I need to know right now? Then she does her best to empty her mind while keeping that question at the forefront, and she notices the thoughts, feelings, and impressions that she has. And then third, take action on what you learn. Camille says she likes to write down the thoughts that come to her when she asks the question, and then she uses that list of thoughts to create the priorities for her day, week, or month. Sometimes she repeats affirmations that reinforce that message that she was given. Um, She might leave post-its around the house with reminders or set timers on her phone to go off at certain times during the day to remind her of what she's focusing on. Camille has told me that as she has implemented this pattern of asking, listening, and doing, her ability to hear her intuition has strengthened and she has become a better, faster decision maker who trusts herself more and cares a lot less about what other people think. I want to remind you of two resources that I have that might help you to connect more deeply to yourself. The first is my Flex of Gold journal, which is a journal that I created just for busy, overwhelmed mothers to help them find and focus on the golden moments within their motherhood. If you can just find one fleck of gold each day and write it down and focus on it, it will transform your outlook on your life. I promise you. And that is available at 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold. This would be an amazing Mother's Day gift for yourself or for a mom that you love. And the second resource that I have are those podcasting courses. If starting a podcast is something that has been pulling at you. And you can find those at 3in30podcast.com slash podcastyou. In The Boy in the Sea, the boy grows old. And throughout all the phases of his life, he's able to come back to the sea when he needs to reconnect with himself. I want to read you the last few pages of the book because I think it captures the message of this episode so perfectly. Once there was a boy who lived by the sea. The boy was old and wise. He liked to think, and often his thoughts turned into questions. Some of his questions had answers, but many did not. So the boy sat, and he listened. 
It's my hope that this episode has given you insight into how you can connect more deeply with yourself, even in the busiest phases of motherhood. I encourage and invite you to get a hold of this beautiful, exquisite children's book that talks about the power of listening to your soul. And I hope that you carve out a pocket of time to listen to your soul this week. I'm rooting for you. I love you. And I hope you have a beautiful week with your family. 